it is a it is a, a joy to do what we do. I um, people ask me, you know, that have known me for a long time. They they say, you know, what is it like, you know, uh, being the senior pastor, and uh, it, it's it's to me it feels it's such a privilege. It's an honor. Uh, it's like any one of you who serve in this church. That that um, that excitement that you're a part of something bigger than you. That that. It's, it's not about us. It's about what God is doing and, and what he's able to do through us as people who were lost and now we're found. And now he uses our gifts and our talents uh, and whatever, whatever he's given to us to be used for his glory. So all of us put together, you were a part of what took place this past week. Uh, many of your family members came. Many of your children were involved. Uh, you were involved. Uh, you sacrificed your parking stalls. Many of you sacrificed your seats sitting in here and you sat in the uh, extended sanctuary. Some of you didn't, but that's okay. Next year you will. Or December when uh, Christmas time comes around, we will. And we're, we're actually running into a problem come second service on Easter morning. We don't have any more seats left uh, because we only have 700 seats in here and I believe in there little less than 300 so we, we're figuring out what's going to happen during Christmas. So uh, just pray because the Lord is doing something and we just follow his lead. And whatever he wants to do, we just go for it. And then people get saved. And I, I always told our staff this, that we, um, we see a, a, a group of people that will say yes. You know, they'll raise their hand or, or they'll get prayed over and they'll say yes to Jesus Christ. But there are many hands that we won't see. And a lot of people who are Christians who will uh, turn their life more towards Christ, even though they've, they've maybe not you know, said salvation on that day or they did not say the prayer, maybe for them as a Christian, they're just saying, you know, I, I just got to change. I got I to gotta do better. So there's so much more fruit than what we see with salvation or with you know, a person giving their lives to Jesus Christ. So everything we do, the Bible says when we do it for God, we want to bear fruit and fruit that remains. And you're a part of that. And tonight in our equip service, that's what it's all about. It's, it's helping us to grow in the Lord, helping us to become the people that he made us to be. Uh, Sundays are different. You know, Sundays are geared towards reaching the new people. And maybe tonight is your only night that you can come to church and maybe you work on Sundays or something uh, is already there and you, you're not able to make it. But Wednesday nights you can. Uh, I just want to let you know it's different on Wednesday nights than it is Sunday morning. Wednesday we, we try to get deeper into the Word of God. And it's a little bit more challenging for the believer rather than the unbeliever. Uh, even our worship time, it's a little different than Sunday morning. It's a little more extended. Uh, but tonight as we get into the Word of God... Uh, you were given a bulletin and even that is blank because we want you to write in your own notes. And what that causes you to do is really pay attention. Because when God speaks, you look throughout his word in the book of Proverbs, how often he would say, give attention to my word, pay attention, incline your ear to my saying. He would say that all the time because God knows we get distracted quickly. We get distracted quickly. How many times Heidi is talking to me and I'm talking with her and I'm nodding and then she says, well, what did I say? I said, what? She goes, yeah, what did I just say? I said, what? What do you mean? What did you just say? What? Why you got to test me? She goes, because you're watching the TV behind me. You know, if we're at a restaurant or something, ESPN is on, March Madness is here. So we get distracted quickly and God is saying, pay attention, 
Pay attention to my word. Because there are times when God will speak something to us in a second. And if we miss it, we miss out on a lot of things. So that's why I want you to take notes. And taking notes helps us to retain and remember what we are listening to. Just like in school, some of you guys take notes. Uh, you write them down, but some of you actually take notes from someone else and you, then you copy. But nonetheless, it helps us to remember. And we use notes uh, if the teacher is, you know, open book and you can take a test. You're thankful when you took notes because you can remember. So that's why we write down what God is speaking to us. And it lets God know you really are listening to what he's saying and what he says is valuable. So tonight, we're actually going to jump into a series about the history and authenticity of the Bible. Now, uh, I know many of you have Bibles, and some of you uh, may not have brought them, so we encourage you to bring your Bibles on Wednesday night. Some of you have an electronic Bible, so you have all the different versions on there, Uh, you know, like the New Living Translation New King James Version, there's the King James Version, there's the American Standard Version, there's the Good News Bible, there's the uh, Message Bible, there's like many Bibles. And so people ask, what Bible am I supposed to use? I don't know which one I'm supposed to use because what if, what if this one says this and the other one says that? How am I supposed to know what is right? Well, the reason why there are different translations is because we learn differently. And so whatever Bible you read that you can understand that's translated from the original manuscripts, that's the one you want to use. I try to challenge myself a little bit further. I read the new uh, King James Version. It's actually a 12th grade grade reading level, but I don't read at 12th grade reading level. I'm probably either second or seventh, you know, somewhere in there. I throw it in a long span. But uh, because the average American reads second grade reading level it's not a bad thing we just have a lot of smart second graders that's how i take it that's that's all i'm saying so whatever bible you use make sure that you can understand it and if you want to grow a little bit further then maybe one step up and uh, if you need help with that then throughout the weeks you can just ask me and and then we can go through the different types of bibles but that's what we're going to do we're going to learn the history the authenticity of the bible Uh, We're going to learn how the Bible came into existence, uh, the evidence behind the Bible, because it's not just a book that was printed and some guy said, hey, I'm going to make chook money, I'm going to make money with this, and print Bibles. And nor was it just man writing this stuff down. The book of Timothy says that this is is God-breathed. It's the Word of God. It's inspired by God. It's, it's, It's God's breath into this Bible. That the word of God is living and active and it's sharper than any two-edged sword. There's a difference with this book than any other book. It's, It's the holy God who breathed life into it that makes it authentic and authoritative. So when we when we go through the different weeks, uh God might speak to you and and say, uh, get your Bible. Bring your Bible, because you might want to write notes in it. Uh, and then also, uh, if you're reading a, like a New Living Translation, which is very gr- good for when you're just beginning to learn the Bible, uh, it helps you with understanding. I actually went from the New Living Translation to the New American Standard uh, Bible, and I would read both sometimes. You know, I would read one scripture, and I'll say, oh, I understand that. Then I'll read the New American Standard, and I'll be thinking, okay, well, how come it's a little bit different? 
And then as I would read it and then comprehend it, then when I jumped to the New American Standard Bible, then I could understand the language of it. The King James Version, that's the one with the thy and thou, and and some people will stick to that, uh, and that's okay. But I couldn't understand it because I don't speak like that. Uh, Many of us don't speak like that today. I don't talk like that to Heidi. Uh, Some people actually use the pigeon uh, Bible, and they understand. They'll read it and be like, oh, I can read this. This I can read. I can understand this. So it works for them. But really what makes it, makes this and this grow in the Lord or, or us understand the Bible is the Holy Spirit. Because there are people who will read the Bible, not, not for the Spirit's growth, but they'll read the Bible to prove Christians wrong. They'll read the Bible to look for discrepancies. They'll read the Bible to use against someone else. So their spirits aren't open for God to breathe life into. They just use the Bible against other people or to prove people wrong. A man by the name of Josh McDowell did that. He tried to prove the Bible wrong. And he he even went as far as archaeology. That he looked for all the places that the Bible said these things happened, these things took place, the battles that took place. And he was a non-believer and he said, I'm going to prove the Christians wrong. I'm going to prove that this Bible is wrong. Well, he is one of the best at evangelism today for the gospel of Jesus Christ. Because the end result was there's no way that this Bible is wrong. Because it was just too accurate. He was amazed at finding artifacts that the Bible said would be there. He was amazed at the battles that took place and when they did excavations that they found certain things. And, and th- there was no way for him to shake that. And he just, he came to know the Lord because he was trying to prove God wrong. And sometimes we try to prove God wrong and it's just not going to work. Some people will use the Bible against others and, and, as, a, as a Christian you know, they'll say, you know, the Bible says this and, and what you're doing is wrong. So, you know, um, if you don't turn, you're going to hell. And they use it that way. And poor guy who maybe just came to know the Lord and they're, they're trying to learn. And sometimes we're so legalistic with it that we just push all of the, the, the scriptures on someone that is doing something wrong. And we continuously say what they're doing is wrong rather than the word of God giving encouragement and breathing life. And even though it may be true that, yeah, we may be in sin, we don't use it as a license to jab at people. But we use it as encouragement, as life, as God gives to us. That as we read the words, it becomes living and active inside of us. What makes this holy and the words holy is when we receive it from God and we live it out. That's when it becomes holy because it's God moving in and through us. So we're going to be learning all about that, uh, the translations of the Bible and how the Bible is, is inerrant. There's no, there's no uh, it's infallible. It's truth. It's 100% accurate. Now, there are some areas that, you know, certain scriptures will contradict another one. Uh, I think it's in Chronicles and Numbers. Some numbers don't line up. 
And uh, we're going to be talking about that. How come it doesn't line up? Why is it different? Why did they say, you know, 290,000 soldiers and this one says 300,000 soldiers? And just a little sneak peek at it. Uh, if they were doing like a census, then it had to be accurate. But if it was just, you know, oh, last week, 300,000 warriors and only had 290, you're just rounding off. So it wasn't like a, a tax record that they had to keep record of. So that's, those are some things that we're going to be looking at, why it didn't match up, and then uh, how the Bible brings us to life, and why is it different than every other Bible. There's this man in Canada, and this article, uh, that there was a, a television talk show where a, a preacher was invited to do like a debate. And he sat there, and these other guys just ripped him apart because he didn't really know the Bible. And as they were just asking him question after question and and saying, yeah, but what about this? What about that? He wasn't prepared, and he didn't have enough in him to actually say, okay, this is what the Bible says, and this is what it means. And after that, basically what they felt was that If you are educated and you know the evidence behind the Bible, the conclusion that they could see was that then it is not the Word of God that we should be following. That's what they concluded after listening to this little debate and this this one preacher who was not ready for it and and could not uh, come back with the right scriptures. uh, People just felt like, well, see, no sense, follow God. If a preacher can't get it right, how can we? That was their conclusion. And I thought, Lord, we don't, we don't want to be a church that does not understand what we're reading. You know, we, we want to make sure we're understanding what we're reading. We want to grow in the Lord. We want to grow spiritually. And so a couple things that, that we want to look at, uh, the existence of the Bible and its accuracy, of course, the manuscript evidence and the reliability of what was recorded. Uh, Luke was one of those that he recorded certain things because he wanted to make sure what the disciples and whoever was going to read it, that it was accurate because he was a historian and he wanted to make sure that as the years went by, that this is what took place. And he even wrote that, that this is, this is what I've witnessed. I've, I, I want to write it again so that you can know its accuracy. And then I also want to help, help you grow in the Lord that I would, that, that together we would we would be built in the Lord to have the confidence of the authenticity of the Bible. Because you're going to hear things on the news. You're going to read things uh, in the, on the internet. And you're, going to, you're going to have people come to your door. You're going to have people say, you know, if this is true, then why did this happen? Why did this? And so you want to, you want to make sure it's accurate. I remember one time uh, I, I was coming home from lunch. And this is years ago. Uh, I came home from lunch, uh, for lunch, and, and Heidi was in the house, and all of a sudden I hear a knock on the door. Heidi! And Heidi hides. I'm like, what are you doing? She goes, that's the lady I was talking to you about. I said, what, what lady? She goes, the one that was talking about, you know, the Bible and things. Tell her go away. I said, what? So I, I went outside, and, and here's this cute older woman and just standing there. So and she goes, oh, hi. I was looking for Heidi. And I said, oh, and who might you be? And she said her name. And I said, oh, it's so nice to meet you. I said, you know, um, I'm so thankful that you came by. Uh, I'm so thankful that you came by. And, uh, but uh, we believe in Jesus Christ. 
And we believe that God is who he says he is. We believe in the Holy Bible. We believe that God is the Father, that he gave us his Son, and then also given us the Holy Spirit. And they're three in one. So that's what we believe. Oh, that's good. But do you know in the book of Hebrews, it said, I said, I understand. I understand. I said, I appreciate, I appreciate you coming, but I'm going to ask you very kindly. You're a wonderful woman. If you are not to come back and talk to us about what you believe, because it's wrong. What you're saying to my wife is not accurate. And she says, yeah, but I said, and I said her name. I said, um, I hope you hear my heart. We appreciate you as a person. But we already go to a church. We believe in Jesus Christ. And I love God. And so thank you for stopping by. But you don't need to come back to this house. You don't need to. And I was trying to be as nice as possible. And so she said, okay. I said, okay. Next week, she comes back. Same thing. So I hide. No, I didn't. I didn't. I didn't. I went outside. And then we talked for a little while. And then she, she never came back. But uh, I was just trying my very best to... Because it's, it's hard. You know, you're trying to be nice to people. And you're trying to be a Christian. But the Bible says don't even invite the person into your house because it's not the accurate word of God. My hope is that through our services on our Wednesday night that we together would learn the history and authenticity of the Bible so that, so that when you leave, you will, you will always be able to proclaim the word of God in its power and its authority. So it's very important that we understand the Bible. Now, it's not going to come to us in a week or even throughout a series. It's a lifetime goal. It's a lifetime journey. We continuously learn about the Bible. One thing I'm glad, though, is uh, this thing called Google. If you have a difficult time learning about the Bible, uh, there are great Bible uh, sites, websites that you can go to study the Bible. Uh, one good one is called blueletterbible.org. Blueletterbible.org. And uh, they actually have some tabs on the side that you can click, and it shows you the Greek and the Hebrew uh, original words. So it'll help you with studying the Bible. We also have in our bookstore study Bibles that you can pick up, and it helps you to dig deeper into the Word of God. It helps you to learn what God is speaking. And then it helps us uh, to stay on track with what God is speaking rather than other people telling us. Even I, as a pastor, want you to get to know the Bible for yourself. It was in the American uh, medicine, uh, Journal for Medicine that the doctors said, you know, the health of, of America is not dependent on what the doctors can do for their patients, but the health of America is always dependent on what the patients can do for themselves. And it's same thing, the same thing with the Word of God. It's, it, it's good that we can learn together and, and, and we can learn uh, in church, but nothing better than sitting down at the feet of Jesus Christ, opening the Bible for yourself, and reading the words. We have the Bible bookmarker that we follow together and we go through the entire Bible in a year. And some of you say, I don't want to go through the entire Bible. I don't want to. But that's, it's, that's how it is. It's, it's the Word of God. 
If you stick to just one book or like your favorites, that's all you will grow and that's all you will know. So even if the enemy, the devil himself, were to come to you and speak to you, you wouldn't even know it. This Sunday, we're kicking off a new series, Understanding God, and we're going to be talking about recognizing God's voice and how we can understand God better. Because when the devil comes and he shows up, the Bible says he appears as an angel of light. So he can say even good things, and we won't even know it. But when God speaks, sometimes when he speaks, it doesn't feel good, but it is good. And when we follow him, then we see the fruit and the rewards of it. One person said, well, I don't want to read the Bible. I hate the Bible. I hate it. And and grumbling back and forth, back and forth. And the man told him, he said, I just want to ask you a personal question. Why do you hate the Bible so much? Why don't you like it? He said, because when I read it, I got to do what it says. (laughs) And he said, what? He says, yeah, every time I read the Bible, I got to do what it says. If not, I feel guilty. I'm thinking, there's no other book that can do that. And it's not guilt we really feel. You know what it is? It's conviction from the Holy Spirit. See, you can read an instruction manual. You can read it. You can skip some instructions. Some of us do. Sometimes as men, we don't even read the instruction. And then like three springs left over, four screws are running. Where does that go? Ah, no need. So we can skip a couple things, but not with the Bible. With the Bible, it's 100%. God says, you get into my word, you're going to learn about me. Yeah, read through the book of Leviticus and Numbers. Even Numbers, when you read it, you're just reading Numbers. You're reading it, it's boring. But then think of the person writing it when you read boring passages. They weren't bored at all. You know what they were saying? They were saying, God, this this is the record that you want us to write that will change history. Hearts were put into it. It was written with, with men and women who, who had, had stories that, that God changed them and, and did something to the nation of Israel and built the nation and, and did wonderful miracles and miraculous signs. And, and they wrote these things down so you and I can learn that we would grow, that we would know that there is a God. I mean, what book would you write of your life that you would put your tax records in. Like you're writing a bibliography about your life. Oh, the other day I was enjoying the sunset in Kona. It was just beautiful. But I owed the waitress $20 for a tip. Then I minus $17. Last year I paid this much in taxes. I have 40 cents on me right now. And then you just start writing your book uh, your, your checkbook, you write down your credit card number, you write these things out, and you put it in your bibliography. To us, it wouldn't be valuable, it wouldn't be important. But God saw that it was important, important enough to put it in His Word, that even as we read it, and you, as you read the Bible, and you continuously read through the whole entire Bible, as the years go by, you're going to read about a clan that had so many people in it, and you're going to say, wait a minute, later on in their In their history, later on, as the years go by, this became a great nation, a great clan, a a great community of people. How did they come from a small people to something great? So there are things that God will speak, but we have to get back into the Word of God and read it in its entirety. I know it's a struggle. I know it is a struggle. 
I want you to turn to the book of Genesis. It's in the beginning of the Bible. Book of Genesis, chapter 2. And this is in the beginning when God was creating, and then he created, remember the Garden of Eden? God put in the middle of the garden the tree of life. And when he did that, he, he did that for a reason. And in Genesis chapter 2, I'm going to read from verses 15 through 17. So then the Lord God put the man and put him in the garden of Eden to tend and keep it. And the Lord commanded the man saying, of every tree of the garden you may freely eat. But of the tree of the knowledge of good and evil you shall not eat. For in the day that you eat of it, you shall surely die. Then he continues in chapter 3, verses 1, and I'll read uh, verses 1 through 8. Now the serpent was more cunning than any beast of the field which the Lord God had made. And he said to the woman, Has God indeed said, You shall not eat of every tree of the garden? And the woman said to the serpent, Oh, we may eat of the fruit of the trees of the garden, but of the fruit of the tree which is in the midst of the garden, God has said, You shall not eat it, nor shall you touch it, lest you die. Now, was she accurate? No. God didn't say not to touch it. He just said, Don't eat the fruit, lest you die. But she added in her own words, and she said, You shall not eat it, nor shall you touch it, lest you die. Just by not knowing its accuracy and adding in her own words changed history. Because imagine, they're walking past this tree all the time. And as they're walking past it, they're looking at the fruit and wondering, Okay, I wonder what that tastes like. What is that fruit like? And they keep walking past the tree. And finally, one day, they, they kind of sneak up on it and just real fast, oh, hey, I never die. I never die. I didn't die. And so as the years go by, I don't know, maybe by accident, you know, they're, they're I don't know, running around. I don't know why they would be running around, but if they accidentally bumped it and they didn't die, I wonder if they were so focused on what wasn't accurate that by the time they did what was inaccurate, they were so far gone from understanding the truth of God. And so by the time they ate of the fruit, and when they did, the Bible says their eyes were opened. And when they ate of it, the, the, the devil said this before that. He said to the woman, you will not surely die. You're not going to die. For God knows that in the day you eat of it, your eyes will be open and, and you will be like God, knowing good and evil. So when the woman saw that the tree was good for food, that it was pleasant to the eyes, and a tree desirable to make one wise, she took of its fruit and ate. She also gave to her husband with her, and he ate. And the both of them, the eyes of both of them were open, and they knew that they were naked, and they sewed fig leaves together and made themselves coverings. And then watch this, because... This is us. And they heard the sound of the Lord God walking in the garden in the cool of the day. And Adam and his wife hid themselves from the presence of the Lord, from the presence of the Lord God among the trees of the garden. How often we'll, we'll 
We'll hear a little bit about God. We'll, we'll, we'll apply just a little bit about what the Word of God says. Just enough for us to kind of have this thing called salvation. That, okay, I'm saved. And Jesus is my Savior. But for many of us, He has yet to become our Lord. And then we, 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 we like the scriptures that, that give us encouragement. We love those scriptures. But just like the guy who says, well, I don't want to read the Bible because I have to do what it says. We really don't have to do what it says, but it has that kind of authority to it. Because it's our Father speaking. That when He speaks to us, there's authority to it. That when we don't do what it says, we hide. We hide from God. And we think not attending church is hiding from God. We think, oh, I cannot go to church then because people are going to know this, this, and this, and that. And then when I come to church, they're going to look at me, they're going to stare at me, and they're going to judge me. Nobody knows what's happening, but you do. We're our biggest judge. We are. We're the biggest judge of ourselves. And so we stay away from the church. We stay away from even our, our brothers and sisters in Christ. And then we see them all over town. Hilo is only so big. So if you're trying to avoid church, good luck with that one. It's, it, we're all over the place. So it's difficult. It's really difficult. I'd say instead of trying to hide from God, just deal with it and move forward. Deal with it and just keep moving forward. You don't think God knew we were going to sin? Like when we sinned, God was like, man, you had a great record. You're like 40 and 0 on this one. Now you just messed up. Ah, game over. We can't do anything with your life. He knows the plans that he has for us. They're for good. It's to give us a future and a hope. As we get into the word of God together, as we jump into the Bible, as we read the Bible, as we, for some of you, you journal. And if you haven't journaled yet, do that. Even if you don't know how to journal, even if you just write down, tonight I learned about journaling, I don't know what to do, but I'm going to start. That's the best way to start. Because 10 years from now, you'll go back and you'll be like, what? How come? Why? How come I didn't know this stuff? Why, Why is it so hard? Why was it so hard? It just, it, usually that first step is the hardest. And then being consistent. I think our youth started a, I think it's 30 days. I'm not sure what it is. It's a 30-day uh, devotional challenge that they're going to be in the Word of God for 30 days. And for some of us, we've been doing our devotions, but I want to issue the same challenge with you tonight, that you would be in the Word of God for 30 days. 30 days. Because some of your children might be doing the same thing. 30 days. If you need a, a Bible, we have in our bookstore. We have free Bibles in the back. You can take one of those. And then we have the bookmarker. But our hope is that we would equip you to be the saints that God made you to be, to do the work of His ministry. Because in the end, really, what happens is God gets glorified. Because we're His children, and He wants us to grow in Him. Amen? Amen. And close your Bibles. And a uh, good challenge. 30 days. So this is April 3rd. So for 30 days. And not like after the 30 days, okay, we're done. Don't need to read the Bible again. Oh, I did the 30 days. No. It's to help us develop a habit. But usually they say it takes three weeks to develop a habit or six weeks or something like that. Just, just get into the Word of God. Consistently read it over and over.
I'm going to call up the worship team to come up. And just help one another, okay? Help each other. I also use this, uh, this Bible app. It's called YouVersion. And YouVersion.com has a Bible app that you can download. I believe they have it for every phone. And it has the reading uh, plan with it. So you can actually check off as you go. It also has an audible, uh, an audio uh, part to it that it can, it can speak to you. So some of you have a hard time reading. You know, you sit down, you read, you fall asleep. But if you're listening to the Word of God, then it helps you. So whatever helps you to, to get the Word of God into your heart, then go that route. Some of you commute, you know, daily. And so you have like CDs, uh, the whole entire Bible on CD. And so you'll listen to that. Uh, but the, the one that's on the Bible app, it'll read the chapters for the day. And it just helps you get in the Word of God. Start somewhere. There's, I, I look at it this way. Now, I don't know if, if this is like really biblical, but there's really no cheating when you read the Word of God. <laughs> like if someone says, oh, you cheat, you only read one scripture. What is that? No way. One scripture is better than none. And whatever you read... Whatever God speaks to you, apply that. Because you may read for 20 minutes and one scripture jumps out at you, you apply that one. Because when you do, you're applying 100% of what God spoke specifically to you. It has that much power. Let's pray together, shall we? Let's bow our heads. Heavenly Father, we thank you for your word. Thank you for uh, helping us to grow in you. That it's through your word that we receive this power that it's through your word that, that we can become the people you made us to be. And so as we go throughout the weeks ahead, uh, that our hearts would be open, that we would encourage one another as a family. We would read the Bible together. and We may not be sitting together, but, but we'll be reading together. This 30-day challenge, Lord, it may be tough for some people, but help us to find a way. You always help us. Let us make time to sit with you and to hear your word. And I pray these things to this entire church that we would become people who understand the history and the authenticity of the Bible. In Jesus' name we pray. We all said, Amen.